Welcome to Nomcast, where we take a deep dive into your food and splash around to see what we can find. I'm your host, Alice Seslavsky. And first of all, I want everyone to take a big breath in and out. Because today we're closing out our special mood and food special, the best way we know how, by finding cool, calming connections between natural foods, natural spaces, meditation, and the benefits of rest. But as always, before we get into it, I want to ask everyone to check if their brains are switched on because there'll be a quiz at the end. Or if you'd prefer to just lie back and let my voice drift over you, that's fine too. Because we're all about taking it easy today. And speaking of taking it easy, last episode, you might remember when we took a trip back in time to think about a mythically beautiful rest stop from the 6th century, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Babylon was a city in the Middle East, around about where you'd find Iraq these days. It was in the Fertile Crescent, which is a big quarter-moon-shaped chunk of land stretching through what we now know as Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Israel and northern Egypt. The ancient civilizations that lived there were some of the first people to get into gardening for relaxation instead of just for food. They also developed dentistry, the wheel, long-distance trade, mathematics and even the concept of time as we now understand it. By dividing a circle, or clock, into 360 degrees and hours into 60-minute long chunks. So it seems they were on to something. The story goes that King Nebuchadnezzar II built the Hanging Gardens of Babylon for his wife, Amitus, because she missed her green, hilly homeland, Medea. This would have been no mean feat because the landscape in Babylon was notoriously arid. That's why he had to get clever, building big, multi-levelled stone towers fitted with an irrigation system called an Archimedean screw, also known as an Egyptian pump. It was a big, screw-shaped contraption you could turn to create a vacuum which pumped water uphill with no electricity. Historians believe he used it to make those desert towers bloom with flowers, herbs, fruit trees and leafy plants that cascaded down from one level to the next. The Hanging Gardens would have been a shady oasis with statues and trickling water and sweet, earthy smells from all the exotic plants. The kind of place where you could escape the heat and relax with a big bowl of figs and pistachio nuts. And chances are it helped cheer Amitis up because studies have shown that leafy green places are proven mood boosters. <laughs> We're learning more and more about the psychological benefits of sharing space with plants. For most of the last two million years, humans have lived in nature. Humans first evolved in the forests of Africa and the time we've spent living in cities is only a tiny fraction of our overall existence. Studies show that zoo animals live happier lives when they're housed in enclosures that more closely resemble the habitat they evolved in. And it seems that humans aren't too different. Getting away from crowds and into green spaces can help us get along better with each other, feel less stressed 
and even build stronger immune systems. More and more work is going into figuring out all the physical and mental health benefits of green spaces. Researchers at the University of Wollongong are asking questions like, do greener neighbourhoods with less air pollution give city kids a healthier start in life? Do kids learn better after they've hung out in the park? Do adults visit the doctor less when they live near green spaces? And what types of green places appeal to different kinds of people? Hmm. What's clear is nature has the unique ability to disrupt our regular thinking patterns and take us outside of ourselves, not just out of the house. Because being in green places means we're more likely to absorb our surroundings, whether that's noticing the wind rustling through the trees or seeing a butterfly flicker past into an open field. And the simple fact we're outside can really change how we see things from inside our own heads. The Japanese call this idea shirin-yoku, which literally means forest bath. Of course, humans have been walking in forests since we could put one foot in front of the other, but forest bathing only really became a thing in Japan in the 1980s when more and more people started working, playing and communicating with gadgets and computers. So how exactly are you supposed to bathe in a forest without getting wet. Try Babs Babylon Bath Bombs for brilliant bath time bliss. Run a hot bubbly bath and let your worries dissolve faster than the glories of the Babylonian Empire. Visit BabsBabylonBathBombs.com to find out more. Don't forget to enter your Nomcast promo code to redeem a free sample. And remember... When the voices in your head are a babbling, it's time to get bubbling. Try Babs. The idea behind forest bathing is simple. You go to a green place and make sure you've left all possible distractions like phones and cameras in the car. Be sure to take an adult who knows the area well enough not to get lost, because getting too lost is sure to stress anyone out. Then you just walk. The trick is to have no strict plan and to try to tune into your surroundings so the trees and bird sounds become your main focus. And once you've done that, you're doing it. You're in the forest bath. Which doesn't just have the effect of improving your mood, it can help sharpen memory too. And there are even chemicals released by plants called phytoncides that can boost your immune system too. But you don't necessarily need to wander around a big backyard or a hiking track or a park to feel the power of green. Planting a small garden on a balcony or in a planter box out the front can give you a feel-good chemical rush too. Vitamin D from the sun is a great mood booster. And gardening in general is great for your brain because all bending, lifting and yanking out weeds is physical activity that releases endorphins. We talked about the blissed-out power of endorphins in the moving and sharing episodes of this series. But there's also evidence that bacteria in the earth can activate another feel-good chemical called serotonin, which, like endorphins, lights up the pleasure centres of the brain. And the best part is, gardening isn't just a mood booster, it's a food booster. Planting onions means you'll eventually have a super-fresh, savoury kick for your meals without having to head to the shops. 
Onions also contain gut-loving fructans, which are prebiotic fibres that resist digestion and end up feeding the healthy bacteria in your gut. A successful potato patch can do wonders for your mood because the folate, B6, niacin and thiamine in potatoes helps fight fatigue and the potassium can steady your nerves. Potatoes are also great for high-performance athletes because the unrefined carbohydrates help the body repair after the strain of intense exercise. Plus, potatoes fill you up and go with just about anything and they taste delicious. Mm. Sweet potatoes have many of the benefits of regular potatoes, plus the beta-carotene in a golden sweet potato gets converted to vitamin A, which is great for your vision. Beetroots and rainbow shard will give a burst of colour to any veggie patch, and they grow even under the grey skies of winter. Silver beet and rainbow shard are in the same family, so silver beet grows through the colder months too. But Even the soil needs to get some rest and relaxation sometimes. For centuries, farmers have been using a technique called fallowing to help things grow, which means they typically divide their farm in two, with one field full of crops and the other left unplanted, so the soil can rest and replenish its nutrients before it goes green again. But it's not all about going green. So many people head to the beach to unwind, not just because it's fun, but because the colour blue actually has a calming effect on the mind. Even painting your bedroom blue or rearranging the furniture can help create a calming effect. The ancient Chinese practice of feng shui, which in English means wind water, is all about building spaces so humans feel in harmony with their environment. In Hong Kong, feng shui masters are still consulted to ensure the city's new buildings tap into the right kind of energy. So space and colour can matter when it comes to feeling good. If you grow blueberries, you'll be boosting your mood from all angles because they're a calming colour and they contain antioxidants called flavonoids that help activate some of the good mood and good cognition pathways in your brain. Feasting from veggie and berry patches sends all those cream, blue, green and rainbow-coloured foods on their journey to the body's chill-out zone, also known as the large intestine. The food enters your mouth, then heads down your esophagus and into your stomach, where it'll churn around for a few hours before being squeezed into the small intestine, which digests and absorbs lots of the goodness into the bloodstream, moving the leftovers along using what scientists call the migrating motor complex, but what we all know as the gurgling sound of our guts. This sound is often thought of as a hungry rumbling, But then really, our tummies don't rumble when we're hungry. They do it when there's finally enough of a break between meals for the small intestine to sweep out the undigested parts of our last meal. Which is why nutritional scientists don't recommend too much snacking between meals. We need to give our small intestines enough time to tidy up. Once that's done, it's time for the large intestine to do its thing. The large intestine is the calmest, most relaxed part of our digestive system because it's where most of our gut bacteria, or gut flora, lives. We've talked about how the veggies and fruits can feed the good bacteria in our guts. Well, this is where lots of the action happens. And the large intestine is keen to work a bit slower because it's the end of the line and our brains are, understandably, quite picky about when we want to go to the toilet. Also, 
Our gut bacteria ideally wants enough time to deal with any undigested bits of food. And the rest of our body needs to regain the fluid that got used up during all the churning and squelching that happens during digestion. Unfortunately, when we're anxious, the brain can force our large intestines into action without leaving enough time for our fluids to reabsorb, which can lead to nervous diarrhea. When everything's running smoothly, the large intestine ends up doing more of a slow motion dance. If you've seen a picture, it looks like a big lumpy string of sausages. But the large intestine is in fact more of a smooth tube. The lumps come from when it squeezes and heaves. Just like the small intestine, it bulges to move things along. But unlike the small intestine, which is always busy, the large intestine only does this two or three times a day. The rest of the time, it's just resting in its glorious garden of microbes, absorbing its surroundings, a bit like Amitis of Babylon, only much squishier. All right, quiz time. Question one. When did forest bathing start to catch on in Japan? Question two. Name two modern-day countries in the Fertile Crescent. Question three. Which squeezes food faster, the small intestine or the large intestine? Question four. What are the prebiotic fibres in onions called? Question five. Silverbeet grows in winter. True or false? Question six. What feel-good chemical can get released in your brain when you dig in the earth? Ready for the answers? Let's go. Answer one, the 1980s. Answer two, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Israel and Egypt. Answer three, the small intestine. Answer four, fructans. Answer five, true. Answer six, serotonin. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Make sure you check out phenomenon.com.au for videos, more podcast episodes and lesson ideas. And don't forget to tell your teacher. This project has been funded by Hort Innovation using horticulture research and development levies and funds from the Australian Government. Hort Innovation is the grower-owned, not-for-profit research and development corporation for Australian horticulture. For more information, visit horticulture.com.au.